Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport, your station. You're welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. David Sheen with you until half past five. Now Meath take on Clare next Saturday in Ennis in the qualifiers. Of course, Meath dumped out of the Leinster Championship in unceremonious circumstances by Dublin. Clare, for their part, they were beaten by Limerick on penalties in the Munster Championship. So both sides coming into this one off the back of uh, contrasting results, I suppose, and contrasting fortunes in the way they exited the Championship. So what's the mood down in Clare and what were the thoughts of the county when the draw was made? A little bit earlier on, I caught up with Derek Lynch of Clare FM to give me the view from the Banner County. So Derek, when the draw was made for the qualifiers and Clare got a home draw against Meath, what would you say the reaction was down in the Banner County? Well, to be honest, I think the, the opponent was almost secondary to the, the getting the game at home. You know, mm. obviously everybody knows the qualifiers at home advantage is huge. And I suppose everybody had the pro- prospect of heading to Omar or heading to Armagh, you know. So I think that was probably a, a first positive box ticked, if you want to put it that way. And I think secretly both Meath and Clare will be happy enough to have avoided Tyrone or Matt and Mayo in particular because, you know, they're big, big games. These are two division two teams. They know each other quite well. So, and ironically enough, I don't think Meath would have been overly concerned about having to come to Cusick Park. It's been a happy hunting ground for them. Um, I can't remember the last time Clare beat Meath down there, particularly those last most recent meetings. So from that point of view, Clare would be happy to be at home. I don't think Meath would be too bothered about travelling. And I think both camps will be quietly contented. Yeah, we, as we know, uh, we get to the, to the recent meetings in a moment, but obviously both sides dumped out of the championship in very different circumstances. Me barely raised a gallop against Dublin. Clare going out against Limerick on penalties, which uh, must, have been quite, must have been quite an experience. It was quite dramatic. It was historic. And there were two uh, attributes that I would gladly have given up for a one-point win from a Clare perspective. But um, it was, yeah, look, it was, it was a dramatic night. And it was always a potential banana skin. Uh, there was a feeling around Clare football circles that Limerick were on a similar progression to the path that Clare had followed under Colin Collins in that Billy Lee has dragged Limerick out of the doldrums. He had his issues with the county board. No more than Cullum had issues in his first couple of years here. And he has just stuck to the football task at hand. And, you know, Limerick getting promoted to Division 2, albeit, you know, losing the final or whatever. But I don't think anybody in Limerick circles minded much about that. There was a sense that this was a Limerick team 
on an upward curve coming to Clare. And again, if the roles were reversed, if it was Clare who had been recently promoted and we had to go to the Gaelic grounds, there wouldn't be a whole pile of fear attached to that as well. So it was always going to be tight. Little did we know just how tight it would be. But from a Clare perspective, they would have seen themselves perhaps as the most, the more seasoned, more experienced team given the, you know those seven years in Division 2. So I think they'll be quite annoyed at, at going out of the championship. Not so much at going out of the championship against Limerick, but on the night, there was several things that just you wouldn't associate with performances we had seen throughout the year. So that's probably where the focus will have been the last couple of weeks. Just on that penalty shootout exit, I didn't see uh, any kind of you know negative comments from any of the Clare camp afterwards. But was there was there any kind of disappointment or any reaction to the fact that it was a penalty shootout that decided the game, or was there an acceptance of this is how things are now and we just have to get on with it? Yeah, I think that was the that was the reaction really. You know, I, I think if Clare had come out on top of the penalty shootout, there would have been no talk at all about it. Um, it probably opened up the, the wider conversation as to how do you finish games like that. You know, a couple of weeks later in the Camogie in the Munster final, Clare and Cork went to extra extra time. You know, there was five minutes played either way after the initial ten, so that probably opened up the debate a small bit. Um, I think Clare were unlucky in the sense that a lot of their regular penalty takers. I mean, David Tuberty had scored one earlier in the game he was off the field at that stage you know it's, it's the 15 that finished the extra time that you picked the five penalty takers from so from that perspective you know a couple of the lads that would be confident on penalties weren't on the field just because they had cramped up or for whatever reason had been taken off so yeah I don't think it, there was a disappointment that it was a penalty shootout that ended it everybody knew that was going to be the, the method of deciding the game so uh, that certainly wasn't being held up as an excuse you touched on something there uh, around the county board issues and Cullum Collins having having a few problems with them in his his early years in charge. I guess people who follow the GEA um, kind of in a general sense would be aware of the the issues that the county board uh, have been involved in over the years. And, and the Clare County Board has made headlines probably more than most county boards have. And, and as we know, plenty of county boards make headlines for the wrong reasons. But did that impact more on the on the footballers and the hurlers, or was it a general thing? I don't know if it's if it's possible to sum up the issues in in a minute or so. Probably not. But did it impact more on the footballers and the hurlers, or, or what was the situation down there? I think early doors, it was just a case of the clear football was coming from quite a low ebb in Cullum's initial couple of years. So there might have been small little battles to, to get things that were needed in those first year or two. But I think in fairness, you know, Cullum and the lads have been the first to admit that they've had good support from the board since then. They've also got uh, quite a good um, football supporters club going as well, which has helped, you know, with various different things. So I think that's kind of put behind them. The issues in, in recent times, we're almost seeing more as, as hurling issues, to be honest about it. You know, football never really got dragged into it. And um, I, you know, from Car- obviously Carol Lohan was at the center of quite a bit of this. And, you know, the footballers were quick to say that at least they had a place now that they could go and train. Whereas heretofore, it was a case of be- begging, borrowing and stealing from, from club pitches and stuff like that. So I don't think that there was a major impact on that. Obviously, the surface issues and all that would have more of an impact on hurling than it would on football. So, you know, maybe there was lesser demands being made on it from a football point of view than Hurland. Yeah, and the other thing we, we touched on earlier with the, the meetings between the sides, there was a point between them in the National Football League and Ennis uh, in, in this season just gone into 2022 National League. In the league in 2019, Meath had a five-point win over Clare and Ennis. I guess the only outlier, and we'll get to the championship meeting in 2019 in the moment, but the only outlier in recent results was um, the 2018 win, Meath had a 21 points to seven win over Clare and Navin in, in 2018. But by and large, they've been very close games, and a lot of Meath supporters will remember that game in Port Leisha in 2019 when Mead came through that round four qualifier by just a point two sixteen to 118. So 
as you mentioned earlier, you, you don't you can't remember Clare getting a win over me, but there's never anything really to choose between these sides aside from that game in 2018. The more recent clashes have been very, very close. They have, but at the same time, they've all come out the side of Meath, haven't they? So, you know, that's confidence that they'll carry down. And particularly, I think, the victory in this year's league, it was a game that looked like they were kind of in control of. And, you know, that late rally for Meath ultimately saw them over the line. So that's something I think that they'll be looking back on with quite a bit of regret. It came in, you know, Clare opened the league victory over Offaly, draw against Cork and Roscommon, and then had those run of three games with Galway, Meath and Derry that didn't go to plan and ultimately derailed the promotion hopes that might have been held quietly uh, after those opening three rounds. So, um, does, you know, Meath have been that bogey team. I, that A couple of years ago in the park in the last round of the league, it looked as if Clare were comfortable away from the relegation battle and suddenly when Meath opened the taps, we were all left counting fingers and toes and scoring mm-hmm. difference to see yeah. how things were going to pan out. So um, it has never been comfortable. It has always been Meath that have come out on top and that is a tide that Clare might obviously have to stem if they want to keep this year going. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. But I suppose the, the thing here is there wouldn't be any fear. And I, I guess me, you know, most people listening in would say, well, not too many teams fear me at this point, but there'd be no fear from Claire. Like they haven't haven't taken too many hammerings. Maybe there's a slight psychological bridge to be crossed, but they won't be going into this game uh, thinking that they can't win it, I wouldn't think. I don't think so, because they've always been confident that they can compete in Division 2, and they've proven that. So, obviously, the the, the Maguire Cup this year is being, is contested between Division 1 and 2. So, you're you're there on Merris, and, and in, the, in these qualifiers, you're meeting fellow Division 2 teams, even if you look forward to, you know, if results go to plan, in the provincials, it's a lot of Division Two teams that might be involved in that second round as well. So each team will think that they have what it takes to get through it. They'll know that they're coming up against teams that they've met before, competed with and beaten with in a lot of cases as well. So that is something I think that's going to make these qualifiers intriguing across the board. Um, and from a clear perspective, they will feel it's time. They'll feel that they owe Meath one, but you never get what you're owed in, in Gaelic games or any sport. It's what you go out and take. So I think that's where the focus will be. Absolutely. And just looking back at that 2019 game again, the qualifier game, looking through the Clare lineup that day, Gary Brennan, as we know, one of the best midfielders in the country is retired. 
But two other names that jumped out at me there from that game, Cahill O'Connor and Jamie Malone. Jamie Malone kicked four points, Cahill O'Connor got two. I didn't see their names on the team sheet for the National League game uh, played a few weeks ago. Are they still available or around, or what's the situation with those two guys? Yeah, both of them were kind of coming back from injury um, and, and missed out. Cahill got injured, if I'm not mistaken, in the game against Derry. He played the first couple of rounds of the National League and Jamie was coming back from uh, from an injury as well. He had been involved with his club. They had gone to the intermediate uh, Munster final as well against um, the Kerry opposition on that occasion. So, yeah, both of those were kind of working their way back into the squad, but very much back in, in, in kilter now. Um, we understand that it's pretty much a clean bill of health from the Clare squad that will be named for that game in Cusie Park next weekend. So, yeah, Cahill and Jamie, two massive players for Clare. Jamie's electric. He got a nomination for an All-Star in that particular year of, of the qualifier of the qualifier defeat to Meath. And, and Cahill has been an absolute stalwart in many ways. He dovetailed brilliantly with Gary Brennan at midfield for so many years uh, until Gary took that step back. So, plenty to offer on, on both fronts for those lads and they're going to be massive, massive players in, in this particular game. And so they will be back for this one, they will? Yeah, that's what we understand. Uh, Cahill, as I say, missed out on the last mm. round of the league due to that injury and um, missed out on the Limerick game as well. But we understand he'll be fine and Jamie the same, yeah. Well, at least four warners, four armed, I suppose, from his point of view. They know what those lads can do. Um, obviously, me, they've had their, have had their problems as well. I mean, another another hammering from Dublin uh, a couple of weeks ago, which, you know, game was over at halftime, really, 117 up on the board. So I'm sure from Claire's point of view, they'll have looked at that and, and sort of seen where they can get at me. And like any side that concedes 117 and a half of football, you do well to score that in a, in a hurling game, albeit it was against a very good Dublin team. But that made defence look really, really, really weak, you'd have to say, and, and really loose in that, that first half in particular. So I'm sure that's something that, that Colin Collins and Clare will be, will be targeting in this game. Yeah, there's one thing that's clear forward line have and that's plenty of pace with the likes of Vernon Griffin and Keelan Sexton and uh, Joe McGann if he starts and there's plenty of guile around as well with, with David Tuberty and Podge Collins if, they, if they're named to start. So there is a nice mixture there. There would be a confidence in Clare that there's the ability to kick up a good score. Sometimes though I can bet the other end that there might be, you know, kickouts in particular with something Clare struggling with in the National League. They need to get on top of that. Obviously, midfield is going to be huge. Um, Mr. Minton has caused us plenty of problems down the mm. last couple of years, so I've no doubt he'll do something similar again. So, you know, that, that middle third, I think, is where the game is going to be won and lost. If Clare get quality supply into the forward line that could be named, well, then I think there is plenty of firepower in there to do the damage. And if you're doing that and choking the supply that's going in the other direction, you know, you're probably two thirds of the way there. So I think that's going to be the key area. Who can get on top? Who can give the quality ball in? And who can stem the flow coming the other way? You mentioned Brian Menton there. What other made players have caught your eye in the bits you've seen of them? And obviously in the, the games against Clare, but generally speaking, are there any other players that, you know, would have stood out for you that you think Clare should be worried about? I, I think. We've we've been watching the likes of Kitty O'Sullivan there for a good number of years as well, causing us uh, plenty of problems from a clear perspective. But they're just very, very balanced all over. And, you know, I think there's going to be a pride element here because I think Meats would be going into that game with Dublin possibly looking at the, the you know the context around it. Are Dublin as strong as they were? Is this the time to take them? I've no doubt Kildare will have similar thoughts as well ahead of the Leinster final. So mm. I think there will be a response from Meath coming to, to Ennis. As I say, a very, very balanced team a seasoned, experienced team as well. So, you know, there's, there's not too many areas I think that Clare will look at as being weak spots. You know, I think there's areas they'll try to target to see can they get some joy from it. But um, I think any Clare player that's going in thinking that there's a weak link is going to get a fair awakening. And just finally on this then, um, hard to say, I guess, from, from a meat perspective, how many fans will travel down to it given the nature of the exit from the Leinster Championship. But would you be expecting a big Clare crowd to turn up? 
I think so because there's there is a feel good factor around Clare G at the moment. There's no point in in saying otherwise. You know, particularly with the hurlers in the Munster final and the minor hurlers are playing leash in, in what is the court will it's kind of a curtain raiser. It's on at one o'clock on the Saturday. Um and that will probably effectively be a playoff to get to an all Ireland minor semi final. Um, and then obviously the footballers that evening. So that I think that feel good factor the June Bank holiday weekend, if the weather is fine, heading into Ennis isn't a major task for many Clare fans, yeah. and particularly if you're going to Thurles again the following day. So yeah, I would expect the footballers have always had a good core support, not as you know bandwagonish we'll call it as the hurlers. Mm. It certainly won't be full or anywhere near it, but there is a good cohort of particularly West Clare people that will travel in. I think, and as I say, that that feel good factor around it at the minute will probably tie into it as well. Just finally then. You mentioned that the fact that Mead have generally come out on top in these games as well. They have in all the, most, the more recent ones, but it's always been pretty close. Do you think that this is the day that Clare will finally uh, break that hoodoo? It's always a divide between what your heart and head says, isn't it? You know, the heart will always say, Clare, that's only natural. Uh, the head is saying that this one is going to go down to the wire as well. Um, you know, <laughs> we've seen one penalty shootout. Could we see another one? It's not beyond the realms of possibility. It's all about how Clare have responded that night. You know, they've kind of gone away. There's, there hasn't been much coming out of the camp. They've, you know, they've probably been in the shadow of the hurlers a little bit, which I think will suit them. The mm. focus has been off them a little bit, so they've been able to rebuild. They've played a couple of challenge games, we understand, got on okay in them, um, gotten the injuries right and all that. So I think it's mentally as much as anything um, to get their season back on track because, you know, you're two games away now from an Ireland quarter final. They're coming off the back of a real disappointing loss to Limerick. You know, Cullum Collins has made huge strides. I think the players will want to respond for him as well as much as anything because to lose two championship games, no matter what has been done in the league, would be seen as a failure this year. And I don't think players would be happy um, with having that moniker attached to it. So if Clare in the, are in the right headspace, I think they can push Meath all the way. But if there's any little chinks whatsoever, there's no team better equipped coming to Innes with the amount of success they've had in recent years than Meath. Well, let's just wait and see. It's bound to be a close game. And who knows, maybe we will get another penalty shootout. That would be quite something. Listen, Derek Lynch, thanks so much for taking the call. No problem at all. Take care. LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport, your station.